Happy New Year to everyone. Val is off this week with her mom. That's okay, though, because Matthew came to join us. Listen to his podcast, Cantrip Cartel, wherever you can find podcasts. Joe, Jonathan, and Matthew have some New Year's Eve shenanigans. We get together New Year's Day and play a bunch of Commander. Then discuss some combos that you can put in your deck and how they function. If you have a favorite combo, let us know at magic at familygathering.fm. Welcome back to the Family Gathering Podcast, where we talk about keeping magic in the family. I'm Joe. I'm Jonathan. I'm Derek. And we have our special guest, Matt, who's here to come hang out with us on New Year's Day. So happy 2022 to everyone out there. I know we had a a big party last night, which involved a lot of crazy fun things, including slapping each other in the face. And firework poppers. And me dying. Yep. And I wasn't here. I was at home asleep. Nice. Probably the prudent decision. Yeah, exactly. So, as we're gathered here with our extended family with Matthew, uh, we wanted to make sure we covered some things that Matt can impart some wisdom while he's here with us. Um, most of the day, what have we what have we been doing since Commander? A lot of Commander, a yep. lot of Commander. And I think we probably have we played through all the decks you brought. Um, I think the only one we haven't that no one has played yet is my uh, Marin deck. And how many decks did you bring? Twelve. And we have our two. And then Derek has... I brought two. two. Now, Matt and I both have a Eureka. Yep. They're different decks, but they're still the same idea. Yeah. So we've had, like, an, almost an entire 24 hours, almost, of Commander. Yep. Yeah. Kind of walking through those games. And so, from that, we actually... Jonathan found a new card of the cast <laughs> to talk about as he pulled off some shenanigans. So why don't you tell everyone what you did yesterday? So yesterday, when I was playing this new Commander deck, I somehow... Well... First of all, I should probably start with my card of the cast, okay. which is Maronar, a.k.a. Marinero. He is three colorless and two black, and what you have, and what he does is all rats have fear, and you can tap him to sacrifice a rat and put X one one black rat creature tokens into play, where X is the number of rats you control, and he's a 2-3. Well, when you have rats on the battlefield, because this entire deck is based on rats. The best creature so, type. Yeah. Continue. So then you just um, get... Once you have one rat, if you have, like, five rats out, you can get rid of one to make four tokens, which then you can get rid of a token to do this. Or you can do what I did today, where you put a this staff yep, on him. Yep, bite staff. You put it on him, and whenever something goes in your graveyard, you can untap whatever it's equipped to. So when you tap him, you have to discard one to be able to mate the rat. So you would discard it, which would untap him to get you rats. Mostly you have infinite rats. Yep. So in the end, I got a thousand rats, mm-hmm. and I killed you. Yep, I remember that. And then, yeah, I killed everybody with, with a thousand also, rats. I, I suffered also, a death to rats. Before everybody yes. died, I made a thousand more. And then what I did yesterday, when Derek wasn't here, was... I got the Whip of Erebos, which gives all creatures that I can control lifelink. Which I had um, a lot of rats because I had Marinara, and I literally got to 201 health in the game, which was a lot. That is a lot. Awesome. So that, that was and good to see because rats are, of course, the best creature type. And so to see them actually dominating on the battlefield was, was nice to see. Though I never get to see it when I'm playing them. Yeah, you never I, seem to have the luck with that yeah, deck that so he has. I think it's something about the mo- the like 
magical powers that that deck has just doesn't let me harness them. Well, you've bequeathed your rat powers to your son. Yeah. So it seems perfectly appropriate. Yeah, so now they just don't work for you. <clears throat> yep. Yeah. You've they moved on to bigger and better face. things with Karlov. So yeah. I was the first one who killed. I was. The, you're the first person that I killed. Oh, thanks. <laughs> I feel so loved. But that's what we want to talk about today is some of the antics we've had in Commander. But before we, we do that, we want to follow up on our promise from last time because we have the Elf Master here with us. Mm-hmm. And as we talked about before around Christmas, we wanted to talk a little bit about elves. We talked about the five elves that we think would be helping Santa. But we all know that elves are also devious, and there is, in fact, five elves that would not be helping Santa. It would likely be the ones bringing down elves. Oh, causing anarchy in the North Pole. And so, Matthew, what are those five elves in your mind? Well, the first one is Glissa the Traitor. Um, she's a black and two green for a 3-3 first strike death touch zombie elf. And uh, whenever a creature in opponent controls is put into the graveyard from the battlefield, you may, you may return target artifact from your graveyard to your hand. So she's leading these guys. And then the ones that I thought she'd be leading, she's from Phyrexia, if I remember correctly. New Phyrexia. New Phyrexia, yeah. Yeah, yeah. mirrored in. Yeah, but I thought she'd be leading. So, like, the Dominaria elves are very, like, mana-oriented elves. Yeah. The elves from, like, Lorwyn, I think, are really, like, warrior They're, like, elves. attack warriors. So, like, like, Ren runs Vanquisher. Yeah. The Pack Master. So, instead of Reindeer, you'd have wolves. Ooh, okay, yeah. <laughs> Ooh. Stuff like that. So... They might be eating reindeer. Yeah. Rudolph with your mm. teeth so blood red. <laughs> Winnower Patrol mm. and... My personal favorite from that whole block, Chameleon Colossus. So he can sneak he in and pretend <laughs> yeah. to be an elf. <laughs> he can pretend to be a good one. And, and then, then just surprise, mess up. he just squishes Santa because <laughs> he's huge. So, yeah, that would be my uh, my rebel elves for Christmas. There you go. So okay. as you're, everyone's making their elf decks, make sure you bring in both the naughty and the nice elves. So as we're doing a bunch of the commander, we're getting all kinds of shenanigans in, in order... Mm-hmm. Um, you know, hopefully those listening are starting to look at some commander decks and trying to figure out you know, what is the best ones to play. Now, with commander, that's not necessarily because you're winning, but because you want to have fun and, well, just do some really weird stuff on the table or just some just fun things to play. And so that's where we've asked Matt to kind of cover what he thinks are some of the best combos um, that... He's seen the game that he enjoys that maybe you guys might be interested in or that we might have to copy or create some decks around too. And I think that Jonathan had a touch of that today with Marinar and Thornbite staff. Yep. Because he was like, oh, this is like a big combo here. Rat tokens, whip of Erebos together too. And it was nice to see your face when... You know, we showed you that card, and then it all of a sudden clicked. Yeah. I was like, hey, just make sure you read that card very carefully. And then you're like, oh, I should put him on Marrow. And then I killed you. And then I was like, I'm going to make a million rats. Yes, you are, bud. (laughs) Yeah, but with all the cards that are available in Commander, there's there's usually at least one way to break something in every deck that you build. Oh, yeah. Yep. At least. And that's pretty much how I always build my decks. Commander isn't a format that really lends itself to, like, pure aggro decks. So you're going to have to have some way to generate some value and whatnot. A lot of synergies in your deck. And then I always like to have one or two big combos. They don't necessarily have to be infinite, but you need to be doing something really big and splashy in order to break, like, stalemates. So, like, in each one of my decks, I usually have something that does something like that. While Matt's kind of looking at some stuff, a combo I'm 
looking forward to, mm-hmm. and I know Matt and I have talked about a little bit, is Satoru Umazawa. Oh. He's the new ninja oh, yeah, guy coming new... out in From... Neon Dynasty. Yep. And each creature card in your hand has ninjutsu of two, a blue and a black. So what I'm looking forward to is kind of a combo with him is Blightsteel Colossus. Yeah. Eleven, in fact, you're dead. Yep, just pay four mana and... Yeah. Oh, you're not going to block, huh? Yeah, you, well, you didn't block? Good game. And as I <laughs> mentioned, I have a Eureka deck, and it is by far my favorite commander deck I currently have. Yep. So that's a combo I'm looking forward to. My yep. Blightsteel Colossus is in the mail. Yeah, and as we discussed earlier, Blightsteel Colossus in and of itself is good with Eureka. Yes. You can dome everybody for 12 yes. just by revealing it. Yep. So it's not even He a bad already part of works the deck. okay in the deck, but he's about to get better. Yeah. I'm not sure how exactly you guys want to do this, but if you want, I've just got my commanders here. Yeah. We can go through some copies or some combos and stuff in them. Um, My first, like my commander, almost everybody has, they have multiple decks, but they have like theirs. Like yours is Yuriko. Mine's Marin. Joe loves rats. So the probably the best combo. There's a couple that I really like in this deck. The best one would be uh, Micaeus, the Unhallowed. Yep. And uh, Triskelion. So Triskelion comes into play. He's a six mana for a one one with three plus one plus one counters that you can remove to deal damage, one damage to a creature or player. What Micaeus does effectively, we don't have to go through the whole card, is whenever a non human creature you control dies, it hits, uh, it has Undying. So it hits the graveyard and it comes back into play with a plus one plus one counter if it didn't have a plus one plus one counter on it when it died. So you can loop these. Mm-hmm. So you remove the plus one, plus one counters to deal damage, and then you use the last plus one, plus one counter to kill Triskelion itself. Yeah. Then it dies, comes back into play with plus one, plus one counters, and you keep pinging people for infinite damage. Yep. Um, so you can take out all your opponents using that. Yes. Yeah. So assuming there, there are ways to beat that. Yeah. And just so you know, like a lot of EDH combos, you can break them up if you respond at the right spot. Yes. So, for example, if you want to break up this combo, you want to actually respond to the Undying trigger Yeah. and use, like, your Tormod's Crypt. Walter Skellion is in the graveyard, and the Undying trigger is on the stack. Can you stifle the Undying trigger? You can. Okay. Yep. So that's so how you would break that. Yeah. Yep. So Most combos in any format, they always have a spot where you can break them up. Yeah. You but just you have to, to really learn. pick yes. your spot, because if you just... You know, if they have Micaeus and Triskelion out and they just you just try to kill the Triskelion, they can just respond to it and keep the combo going. So while we're on it, though, and you mentioned she's your favorite. Yep. Is there a reason she's your favorite? So one of my favorite things to like, I've always loved graveyard decks. Yeah. Like way back in the day, one of my favorite cards is Living Death. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I also really like to just like I love controlling the board and yeah. she allows me to do both of those things. Okay. So you generate a ton of value with Marin, and you can loop stuff like Plague Crafter and whatnot to keep creatures um, out. She also, like the best commanders, in my opinion, generate either card advantage or mana or both. Mm-hmm. And she effectively does both. She definitely does. So okay. she recurs creatures in and out, and you can just really control the board a lot. And it's a very like grindy, really a win-by-attrition kind of deck. Yeah. And uh, you just... If you if you have to, you can go for a combo kill. So the next one is an interesting one. Uh, it's actually one I just did a you know an hour ago or whatever. Yeah, it's an Urza Lord High Artificer. So he isn't used in the combo, but the combo is using two cards: uh, Basalt Monolith and Rings of Brighthearth. So this is an interesting one because you have to manipulate the stack a little bit in order to pull it off. Well, he's still kind of used because in the end you use him. Yes, huh. he's used, but like the two card combo for yes. infinite mana. 
you just spend the infinite mana yes. with Urza. So you tap. Uh, what Basalt Monolith does, it's a three mana artifact. It taps for three colorless, and then you can pay three generic to untap. What Rings of Bright Hearth does is you can pay two mana to copy activated abilities. So what you do, you have to have a little bit of mana to jumpstart this. Yeah. But once you do, you can tap the Basalt Monolith. Then you pay two mana. You let the three just sit in there. Pay two mana to untap him. And then once that untap activated ability is on the stack, you then copy it with Rings of Bright Hearth. Then let the copy of the uh, activated untap ability resolve. Yeah. Then while the original one is still on the stack, you float three more mana. And then you can use the three mana you're floating to pay for the Rings of Bright Hearth trigger. Mm-hmm. Or active... Uh, yeah, it's a trigger. It's a trigger. Yeah. So, and each one, each time you're going to generate one colorless mana. And then you so can... it's technically slow, because you're only making one. Yes. But, but when you can do it infinite. Yeah, it's an infinite loop. So yeah. you're making one every time you loop it. But the loop is infinite, so you can just, you know, pick your number. And then um, Urza, you can pay five mana to shuffle your library... Exile the top card, and then until end of turn, you can play that card without paying its mana cost. So you can basically exile your whole deck, play a uh, Jace or Laboratory Maniac, mm-hmm. and then play any card in there that lets you draw a card and yep. win the game. So I think that that was today was the first time Joe had seen that combo. Yeah. Okay. And and really, I actually saw. I mean, I know we've played with Urza before. Yeah, we've played with but Urza, but we never seem to get to that combo. Yeah, like, it's usually Painter's Servant Grindstone. Yep. Yeah, that yeah. one comes out. Which is another combo. Yep. Which the... is horrible. <laughs> Why is it horrible, Jonathan? Because mostly what it does is what the um, Grindstone does is you can pay, I'm pretty sure, two colorless and one blue. Uh, grindstone is just three colorless. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And then what it does is it lets you pull two cards off the top of somebody's You mill someone for two. Yeah, yeah. mill somebody for two. But... Then the painter servant can make a deck an entire color. Yep. And grindstones yeah. says that you mill two, and if they share a color, you repeat the process. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So then, with the painter servant, you can make it an entire color. Yep. Then you just get rid of their entire deck. Yep. Yep. That's that's a an older combo actually that was around for a while and is played in Legacy some, isn't yep. it? Yep. Yeah. Uh, painter's uh, painter servant combo is a very popular deck in Legacy. Yep. With and several different builds of it. In Legacy, it's kind of nice because you only have one opponent. Yeah, it just mm-hmm. ends the game. In EDH, yeah. there is a window for. Yeah, your I did it to Joe. To and then I had to actually wait to do it to John. Yeah. yeah. Yep. But what I can say is, I'm seeing Urza play this time is he's one of those that's really not going to be doing much until he wins the game. Yeah. And there's, well, you really need to watch the Urza player because they're the ones getting the artifacts, just kind of sneaking them in, and you just see yep. all the parts, and then finally they click and you're like, well, I lost. Yeah, so if you ever play against an Urza in your pod, I would absolutely try to kill that player first. Yeah, definitely. Because uh, they're playing blue. Yep, they're playing blue and all he needs is time. Like, Urza is just going to win the game if you just let him sit there. And mm-hmm. they counter everything you place down. Yeah, they counter no anything good you what. place down. <laughs> I just place down a single creature and it's gone. Yep. Instant. So, it kind of controls the board and then finishes the game off with one of the many combos in the deck. What else you got for us? So, uh, in Proxa, there was another combo. One of the other infinite combos I wanted to talk about. It's Blood Chief Ascension and Minecrank. And that was something we talked about. Joe was playing it. He didn't get the combo off, but he did actually kill us with Blood Chief Ascension yeah, in and of Blood itself. Blood Chief itself was more than good enough today. Yeah. 
So Blood Chief Ascension is a one black enchantment with quest counters. And basically once it has enough quest counters on it, every time a card is put into an opponent's graveyard from anywhere, they lose two life. Well, if you combine that with Minecrank, what Minecrank does is every time an opponent loses life, they mill that many cards. So it just so it's just an bam, infinite bam, bam, loop. Bam, Once bam, you yeah. can kick it off, they lose two life from a card entering. They mill two. They lose two. They mill two. They lose and the two. whole time Joe's gaining. Yep, and yeah. the whole time Joe's gaining life. Yeah, and it's actually very mana that, efficient. That combo seems a little harder to break up. Yeah, because you would have to like get rid of a card. Exactly. Yep. yep, and you have to we have to get rid of them while the triggers are on the yes. stack. You need instant speed removal. Yep. And you want to do it sooner than later. Yep. The flip side is it doesn't like those two cards can be on the battlefield and the game isn't over. Yes. Kind of the, like exquisite the, blood. And he's have enough quest counters to yeah. activate. Yeah. Yep. And you have to deal them a, a point of damage. You have to start it, the process. Yeah, you have yeah. to kick it off. And then yep. again it only kills one opponent. Yeah. So there's gotta be a deck though where you could like mill every just everyone to start. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you could uh, you could play that in like a blue black mill deck. Absolutely, yeah. a lot of people do. Yeah, that's where I got the idea for it. And basically, what happened is I built that discard deck for Joe because he likes discard as well as rats. And I was just looking for like the deck got very good at emptying people's hands and yeah. struggled finishing the game off. Which is what to... usually happens with discard, right? Mm-hmm. So I was like, well, you can't commit enough slots in the deck for creatures to kill three yeah. people. So it's going to need a couple combo yep. uh, combos in there. So I also put in, I think, Exanguid, uh, Sanguine Bond and Exquisite Blood is also in there. Mm, yep. Uh, so once that kicks off, it's whenever your opponents lose life, you gain that life. And whenever you gain life, your opponents lose life. So if you can deal one point of damage to one player, uh, it will trigger and literally kill everybody. I believe I got a text slash picture the other day. Mm-hmm. regarding a game between Jonathan and Joe with that combination also. Yeah, so. I have that in my Carl deck, too, the life gain deck. Do you yeah. remember those two cards where I gained life and you lost life, so I gained life, so you lost life? You... Yeah. yeah. That's another shenanigans that come from a combo, which really, I mean, that's not one unique to Commander. I mean, that combo no, exists that, yeah. outside because it's really it, easy to I feel like up. it's the easiest, though, in Commander. Yeah. Because you... You kind of start the game a little slow, and those cards aren't cheap. Yeah. So you have a little bit of time to get it out. Yeah, and they don't really require anything to get them going, nope. other than just casting spells. You can you just have a soul ward and yeah, play another card. You yep. don't need any conditions over it. You don't need any mana to, pri- to prime it. It's just... Yep. yep. And it's, you could play a healing cell. Yeah. yeah. Or literally <laughs> any of your opponents take one point of damage, yeah. and the game's over. Yep. I've had that happen a couple times, where I have it just sitting there, and everyone's just kind of, it's like a Mexican no stand one will. No, no one, one wants will, to do yeah. anything, but it's because as soon yep. as someone does, I win. Yeah. yeah. And so it's just a funny position to have people in where it's just like, well, I haven't killed you guys yet, but I'm gonna. <laughs> as soon as you start playing the game, the game's over. Uh, they kill themselves by yeah. taking actions. <laughs> you knew it was going to yeah, happen. <laughs> you knew it was going to happen. You had to go and get punched in the face. All right. So you have a Yawgmoth deck. Yep. Any combo in there? Uh, so what Yawgmoth does. Um, he uses the undying creatures to pretty good effect. Uh, like we discussed earlier with undying, if they die and they don't have a plus one plus one counter, they come back into the great or into play with a plus one plus yep. one counter. Well, one of the things Yogmoth does is he puts minus one minus one counters on creatures. Yep. And minus one minus one counters and plus one plus one counters actually obliterate each other. They will cancel they, each other out. So yep. it's, it's not that they both exist, they're both gone. Yep. So if you get two undying creatures, you can keep sacrificing them with Yawgmoth and popping them in and out of play 
to get infinite ETBs and death triggers. Yep. So you have like Zolaport Cutthroat. So you're drain you're like draining life from everybody, yep. gaining the life to pay for the Yogamoth yep. activation cost while uh, killing all your opponents. And that's the that's, main way I win with that's that something that, you know, I'll be putting my Yogamoth deck soon. Yeah. My Mine Yogmoth is built prime it's like primarily a combo deck. Okay. It's kind yeah. of like the inverse or like the mirror to Urza. That's yeah. kind of how I built him is like Urza's a combo deck. Yogmoth's a combo deck. <laughs> and he does you know, he does, you know, the black base combo, yeah. so they do shenanigans in that way. So very fitting. Yep. Very fitting. I thought it was appropriate. Yeah. You also Two of my favorite characters in any story ever. Yeah, I agree. You also forgot the best deck. Which deck? Infect. Infect. Everybody knows that. That's your deck. Why don't you tell us yeah. about it? You got a combo in there? Mm. I think right now you're more running just a solid yeah. deck. I haven't seen any combos. Yeah. Yeah, really. I don't remember there being any core, like, infinite combos that you get off there. The and the premise of the deck is, again, dealing just enough poison counter to just proliferate the crap out of them. Yep. Mm-hmm. And, you know, trying to find a way to continue to hit those proliferate triggers is what's being a challenge for that deck. You know, as we noticed, it does struggle some as far as getting any sort of board control. It's one of those, if you leave it alone, it can do what it needs to do, but really kind of struggles, especially as we got into four players. Yeah. I'm trying to get that to work. Yep. Though, and someone did die today from poison Yep, counters, that was me. So it worked for one person. To be <laughs> fair, the last time we played, people died from poison counters. Just not from that deck. Yeah. <laughs> Valentine did it with Finn. <laughs> it helps when half the decks of the table are throwing poison across yes. the yep. Okay. What's your next favorite combo? So, the rest of them, I don't have a ton of infinite combos, but yeah. there's, like, cool interactions. Okay. Uh, one of my favorite ones, uh, and this is one of the things that, like, nobody sees coming. One of my favorite little interactions, it uses a card that, like, is pretty much trash in almost every other circumstance. It's a card called uh, Mind Bend, which, for one blue, you can ta- change the text of a card and replace any instance of a color or basic land type with another one. And I use that on Momir Vig. So what Momir Vig does is whenever you play a green creature spell, you get to effectively worldly tutor. So you look for a creature, put it on top. Mm-hmm. When you play a blue creature spell, you get to reveal the top card of your library. And if it's a creature, put it into your hand. So you use Mind Bend to change the blue creature spell aspect to green. And, and you just keep casting. Okay. You cast an elf. And it triggers. you look for another elf. Yeah. Draw him, cast him. Draw him, cast him. So oddly enough, I've never seen you cast Mind Bend to do that. Yep, it's actually. I see you do stuff with him a lot, but I've never seen that. Yeah, I actually just added that in okay. a couple weeks ago. I haven't played it with you guys yet, okay. and I haven't. I've only got to pull it off a couple times, mm-hmm. but it there's actually like four or five cards that do that. Yeah, they just never see play anywhere else because basically, I mean, it's an almost useless effect in yeah. almost every other circumstance. So Momir is very popular, though. Yep, and okay. he my Momir Vig deck is. Basically, it's modeled after Legacy Elves. Okay. So that's, he, it turns, with Momir Vig out, it turns uh, Mindbend into Glimpse of Nature. Yeah. Only I get to tutor with it as well. So I cast an elf and keep Tutor casting. and play. Yep. And so you just keep making a bunch of elves. And then um, there's also another, it's not infinite in that it kills your opponent, but you can use Aluren and Cloudstone Curio with okay. those as well. Yeah. So a learn lets you play any of your creatures for free if they cost three or less. And uh, cloud instant speed, correct? Correct. Yep. And Cloudstone Curio, uh, what it does is whenever a creature enters the battlefield, you can return another creature to your hand. Yeah. So you can just keep popping your creatures in and out of play. And with Momir Vig 
Get more play. triggers. Every time you're doing that, you're just casting stuff off the top for free, getting more triggers, mm-hmm. and you can basically cast almost every card on your deck. I feel like there's got to be like one more card you could add into that situation to actually kill people. Oh, there is. Usually okay. what happens okay. is I'll do... After... There's a couple ways to just draw a ton of cards yeah. after that. Because... Use, there's several other instances of that, like Beast Whisper and whatnot. Mm-hmm. So I'm actually netting cards. Cards, yeah. And then use Concordant Crossroads mm-hmm. to get all my creatures haste. Okay. And then uh, Crater Hoof to Crater swing Hoof. that turn. Swing. Okay. So that way, because the last thing you want to do is put every creature you have mm-hmm. from your deck on the battlefield and then pass the turn. <laughs> <laughs> that could go badly. <laughs> Please, guys, don't kill all my stuff. <laughs> I promise I won't kill you this turn. Yeah, I think we had that show up every game. Is there was some sort of one or two board wipes that just yep. say, well, now nah, I'm kind of done. Yeah. yeah. Well, I think I did. Yeah. To Matthew. Yeah, you got me. Couple and I played of, Disc. Yep, mm-hmm. we got uh, Nevenerals Disc going on. Um, Massacre Worm, which doesn't necessarily kill everything. But <laughs> it killed it, almost everything It killed a lot. Turn. Yeah. <laughs> killed all it lost the mark. Crux of Fate. Yep. Decree of Pain. Change, changeling Love, though. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> the dragon rogue ninja. Yeah, that one one dragon rogue ninja elf. Uh, okay, so since we're kind of still on the starting process of building commander, getting into our decks, when you're building, how many combos, whether it's an infinite combo or just more of a combo, are you looking to put into a deck? So it depends on who you're looking to play with. So like I've got 12 decks and they range in like strength. Like mm-hmm. my Urza deck is a couple cards short of what like a competitive EDH deck would be. And then I have like my Merfolk deck, which is, in my opinion, very casual. Yeah. So yeah. the closer you get to that competitive side of things, you want to have more and more combos because the competitive side of EDH is almost exclusively combos. Yeah. And then as you get more and more casual, you can take some of them out. I'd still put one or two in. Okay. You also, typically speaking, run more like tutoring effects in mm-hmm. competitive decks. So you can mix that up. So like if you have more tutors, you don't necessarily need to have As a bunch of combos. different combos. Yeah. You just need to have one good one and make sure it goes off. So you're looking somewhere between like probably three and eight cards that are yeah. either a combo or looking for a combo. Yep. Mm-hmm. Okay. That makes sense. With the rest then functionally working to whatever you're trying to accomplish with that yeah. deck. Well, and I know that in my much more limited commander experience. You want to have like six to eight targeted kill spells or bouts or something that's yeah. going to get rid of a creature. Mm-hmm. You want to have two to four board wipes. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Um, probably. So like my typical deck, I pick my commander, I put soul ring in it after oh, that. I, I fail. Yeah, 90, <laughs> yeah. 98 more to go. Yep. I, Depending on what I'm running, I run normally between 34 and 36 lands. I have like a lands matter theme. I'll bump that up to 40 or something. I run between 8 and 12 pieces of single target removal. Okay. Oh, so you're you're running even more than what I've heard. Yeah. And Well, the thing is, is it depends on what colors you're in. Okay. So like if you're a green, you don't have that many you options. You don't have 12. If you're running a five color deck, then you need to be running. Like there's no reason to not have swords... To plowshares, path to exile. Yeah. yeah, you want to yeah. run yeah. the best, most efficient removal you can in the colors you're playing. Makes and sense. so that's going to vary yeah. wildly. Um, again, and I, I include some of that as counterspells. Okay. Um, that counterspells cause a lot of salt with some people. Mm-hmm. So if you want, if you're leaning more towards the casual side of things, you'll want to err away from a lot of counterspells because they tend to 
yeah. annoy people. For whatever reason, people don't mind when you kill their stuff, but if you counter it, it's a, a big deal. Because they got the satisfaction of getting yeah. it out. Young Moth resolves, and then he got past yeah. the exiles. <laughs> but it's all the ETP triggers. It's yep. when it actually lands, and you're like, finally, I got it off. Yep. And then they respond by blowing up the other half of the combo or something of that nature. Okay. And then the biggest thing you want to do is build your deck with a, a goal in mind. Yeah, I've always thought kind of more linear yeah. of some sort. And, and even if it's not necessarily a linear deck, you want to then lean into, like, if I'm going to play just a value grindy deck, mm. that's fine, but then don't put a bunch of linear stuff in there mm-hmm. that's not generating value. Because okay. that's kind of like what my Marin deck does, where Marin has only, like, one or two realistic ways of killing my opponent. And the rest is just grindy yeah. stuff. Stuff that's just going to generate value every turn, whether it's drawing cards or gaining life or making everyone lose life or sacrifice creatures, that kind of stuff. So, like, get a game plan and cut the cards that don't forward your game plan, regardless of what that is. Yeah. And you can take the most casual stuff. Like, I once had a dwarf vehicle deck that we were talking about, and it was ridiculous, but it was the best dwarf vehicle deck I could have built. (laughs) At the time. At the time. So, and it was fun to crew a tank with a boat. (laughs) (laughs) Makes no sense. Yep. Yep. That's cool shenanigans. Okay, so So I think my last thing is that it is January 1st, and we've got a whole year ahead of us. What are you looking for forward to for Magic? Like, what sets? Anything? Do you even know what sets are coming out, Jonathan? No. Okay. So we've got Kamigawa, Neon Dynasty, comes out in February. I know for a fact Matt is looking forward to that. Yep, that's something I've been wishing they would do for a long time. Uh, I'm a big fan of cyberpunk, just as a genre. And I don't know how hard they're going to lean into the cyberpunk genre in this set, but... It looks it, closer than any other set before. Yeah, it's closer than we've come before. Yeah. So I I'm excited to I, see the cards. I already know what set. What's that? Every set. Every, Every set. set. Yeah. That's fair. Even the Street Fighter secret layer. <laughs> Joe, is there anything you are aware of coming out this year that you're looking forward to? Oh, I don't right. know how on the... No, I... I, I I think last time we talked about the unset coming yeah. out, I think is going to be a true. lot of fun. That's your... But one of the things we talked about earlier, and this might be a place where um, other listeners can jump in, is eventually getting to the commander decks, the pre-cons. Yeah, I think it will... Use that as a, a good base, and especially the Neon Dynasty ones. What actually, I think, I think they're going to have some really cool themes to them, and actually have some like mechanically creative and fun commander decks to them. They usually come out with like four or five when a new set releases. So mm-hmm. I had... I had told Joe and Jonathan that what we should consider doing is sometime soon, starting with a pre-con deck and then working on slowly improving them all and see what we can do and how much we enjoy it. And I, Matt suggested when Neon Dynasty comes out, we should do it then. And I 100% agree. Yeah. yeah. So maybe in the past we've done the, you know, the sealed uh, yeah. drafts or maybe we'll do a pre-con yeah. commander yeah, maybe we'll do the commander one instead yeah. this time around. But we can buy a commander deck in like two packs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. there you go, and then add five soul rings. <laughs> yeah. One of the things we did when uh, Dominaria came out is we did a, we got I think it was two boxes, and we did a giant like pseudo sealed EDH thing. Yeah, so we each got like eleven packs to build an EDH deck. Or a brawl deck at the time. See, I think it was brawl uh, then, yeah, because yeah. it was sixty, yeah, a hundred. But so, and then what we did is 
none of the cards you got were yours. Mm -hmm. What we did was we played a big game of EDH. Yep. And the winner, we effectively ended up like, not like drafting in the magic sense, but drafting in like the NBA sense. Mm -hmm. So like the winner got first pick of the cards that were open. Then the second guy who got second, third, fourth, fifth. And then we just went in a circle. When we bought our time spiral, that's what, or not, it was Ravnica. Yeah, you and I did that one. We bought quite a bit of Ravnica. And then we just opened it all and then just took turns picking rares. Yep, just flip a coin to see who yep. goes first. And then we just, and I I think that's a great way to split yeah. a box because everybody kind of gets. Yeah, I walked away feeling more than happy. Yep. Because we yeah. both got some dual land. We got some rares that we wanted. We both got some junk, which looking back is probably worth more than what we thought originally. Yep. Because a lot of that stuff has become commander stuff. But it's a good way. I still have the watery grave I pulled from that. Nice. I have. I don't think I have anything because I sold all my duels at one or my shock lands, Mm -hmm. but I'm sure I have other stuff still from that. I'm personally looking forward to the Brothers War. Yeah, that's going to be awesome. I am a huge, huge Urza, Yawgmoth, Mishra, Phyrexian, Thran, that whole storyline before it became the Weatherlight and stuff and then after. So I'm looking forward to that and any new cards we get. To go back to those people, new story. So that's what I'm looking for in terms of sets. Any excuse to get back to Dominaria. Yeah, Dominaria is where so much of mine and Joe's and Matt's like early magic years was. So, and the story was just great. Yep. I mean, it it was over multiple years, they really built characters and storylines and plots and subplots. And you started looking for those characters in the art, too. Yeah. Because, yep. I mean, the art was playing through the story that existed. So I, it was huge. And I, I'm, and I think Matt talked about this on his podcast, Cantrip Cartel, that they tried again with Oath of the Gatewatch, and it just didn't hit the same way. Yep. Well, it just, the Oath of the Gatewatch, in my opinion, just felt like that corporate. Yeah. Like, it, unnatural, me, like, we're going to push this on yeah. people, and we want them to like it because it's going to make us money. Yes. Whereas the, like, Weatherlight Saga, as it's normally called, is people just loved it. They didn't need to be forced. Yep. The art was great. The story was great. You wanted to read it. And they used to release, like, actual books. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I would wait. I was as excited uh-huh. about getting the book as I was about the set releasing. And they were actually good books yes. too. It wasn't. Just I like still trash. have them all, and I will occasionally reread stuff. Yep. There's yeah. a lot of books I could let you read, Jonathan. Mm. Yeah, you should check them. I out. I probably have like 30 books that are like magic based. I am pleased though that a lot of those cards in the older days, the characters were not great cards, and they've started yeah. to go back and make new versions. I agree. That was one of my favorite things about Dominaria. Yes. Yep. Is they take those, you know. Cards, the characters that we loved, and just bring them up to speed with where uh, modern card design is at. Well, but also, they were the big legendary creatures. So I'm always curious if Commander was a bigger format back then. Oh, man. And in the power level that those cards were in, Mm -hmm. they probably would have been great Commanders when they were... Some of them. Some, I mean, not all of them. Commander Riven Elvec would have still not been a great Commander. Oddly enough. (laughs) Volrath is really cool. Volrath you can do would some, still be, yes. Uh, you can do some stupid stuff with him. Uh, my buddy Jason had a deck where he, uh, you kill him with commander damage. Yeah. So he's a 6-4, you swing, and then you just discard giant CMC creatures to improve and just yeah. one-shot somebody. 
It's That'd a lot of fun. fun. It was a lot of fun. It was a very cool day. I might have to slide him into Yawgmoth just for fun. Yeah. Just, yeah, for flavor. Yeah. That's the thing. So you got you've got your commander, you've got Soul Ring. It's yeah. okay to have a couple cards in there. They're just like you like the card. Yeah. You just put it in there well, for flavor. Well, and for me, that's where I've really been with commander is like how can I have fun? Yep. Whether mm-hmm. it's flavor or card interactions that you can't play in like Popper because they're rare, Legacy because the format's too aggressive. And two, focused, not legal and modern, not legal and standard. So, like, Commander is the place to play some stuff. Yep, it's the Wild West of Magic. Yep. Like, I would never play Belby in Legacy. Oh, of course not. But it seems like we've all had fun with her in Commander. I think yep. she's the Commander that lives the longest. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, she has, a, so she has a similar effect on a game of Magic as a couple other cards. So, um, anything with... Monarch in it in EDH yeah. I think is great because it gets people into the red zone attacking each mm-hmm. other and they have to attack different people because you yeah. want you just want the benefit of attacking yeah and a lot of people like to like to turtle and then like do big value plays and then do and one big thing yeah um, or a couple big things Edric is another one where it's like anytime one of your opponents attacks another opponent they get to draw a card yeah. so like you can play them they're attacking and then each other they're attacking each other and they're getting stuff out yeah. of it. And it just makes for very interesting games. Yeah. But part of it is having fun and putting the cards that you love in your deck. So everyone knows that if there's blue and green in a deck, what card is Jonathan putting in there? Infant. And? Counterspell. Well, you are playing Counterspell. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But what other card? What other card might be broke that you would put into oh, a blue green? Yeah. And so that's where, and in black decks, every time... I see Liliana of the Veil, I always smile. Yeah. And I mean, yep. it, may, it may fit the theme. I know it's in my discard deck, but any one of the black decks, in fact, I probably want to go put it into Carl just because. Just because. Yeah. Just because. Little card. Yep. And there's not a, there's very few green decks where I don't shove a, an L for three in there. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Even if they all functionally are the same one. Yep. I had people looking at my Marin list and they're like, why is this an elf deck? <laughs> like, they tap for mana. <laughs> My mana rocks are just green and called elves. Yep. Well, and it yep. makes sense, too, because I don't want to go off a tangent, but, like, my Marin deck is designed to generate mana under stacks effects. Mm-hmm. So, like, I use, like, Winter Orb or Contamination to make it so lands... Or, like, Static Orb? I don't use that in Marin, but I do that no, in Urza. No. But Jonathan experienced <laughs> yeah. Static Orb Jonathan today. got his first taste of, yeah, <laughs> of an Orb I effect. I died and ran away. Yeah, so if you're looking to start building a deck... Don't use Static Orb! And you want to actually have friends, keep, keep away from some of the taxing things. And I mean, yeah. some of those are going to be cool, and you're like, oh, they, they, they give my deck the advantage. You want to start with Commander having fun. And... Right. You know, I I don't know what the win count was. I think we all won at least once, but I won yeah. twice. it never it never mattered really. It was just we're obviously playing to win, but at the end of the day, no one's keeping score. That's having the fun. That's one of the things that I think people really should do is a lot of people like to like pull their punches while they're playing, and I think the better thing to do is build your deck with your playgroup in mind mm-hmm. and build it so you don't have to pull your punches. Yeah. So if everyone is playing mostly casual decks build a mostly casual deck and play it yes in play, play it the all list the way it is mm-hmm. yes all in as opposed to building a very strong deck that you have to pretend to like hold cards in your hand and not play them because you don't want to yep you know so if you don't if your playgroup doesn't want static orb just don't put it in your deck yeah yeah so like i'm gonna work on my yogmoth deck but i'm not gonna go crazy to start with yeah because i could make that deck way more powerful 
than anything Joe and Jonathan and Valentine have. Yeah. And then no one's going to want to let me play him. Yep. No matter how good he looks. Like a Phyrexia theme or something like that. Well, and that's kind of why I'm thinking I'll put Volrath in him. I'm going to have some stuff in there, but it's not going to be the level. I'm going to also have some Phyrexian, Thran, Wrath theme. And every card should have a Phyrexian symbol on it somewhere. I wish. <laughs> I don't think there's that many Phyrexian cards. <laughs> Not no, that are I mean, playable. I mean, like, in the art or, you know, somewhere in the, the theming. Or the so text. I got to play Scourge Familiar. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, well, I have to have Soul Ring, so I'm just going to give me a marker. <laughs> <laughs> <There you laughs> Throw one I don't have to. I'm the one who doesn't put it in decks. Yep. <laughs> I have one Soul Ring. There you go. And it's in Eureka. Which is my favorite deck. All right, so Matt, any other last tips as we're putting together our, our commander decks or uh, looking to build new ones? Uh, if you're looking to improve and get past that like casual kind of play, add more removal. That's add more removal and lower your overall uh, the average CMC of your deck. That's the, those are the two biggest things you can do to take a casual deck into a more serious deck. Yeah. And you know, it don't you don't have to sacrifice theme or fun or anything like that. Yeah, just Stop playing cards that cost five that don't do something incredibly powerful. Okay. Well, perfect. I think we're going to go play one more game of Commander before I go home. Joe, what do you think? I'm thinking so. Now I'm looking over, which decks haven't we played? Uh, Twelve of them. Well, I don't want to do all those combinations in here. But a lot of fun, a lot of good opportunities. I've had a lot of fun so far. Looking forward to at least getting one more round, if not like 30. Yeah. 30 yeah. better. 30's better. I just didn't Well, you guys again. can keep playing. <laughs> Yeah. I'll stay up to midnight. I don't care. I don't think that your dad and Matt are going to make it to midnight. Not tonight. Uh, yeah, well, I would. Depends how exciting the games are. Depends how much sugar you, you have. <laughs> it depends and how caffeine. Much sugar. So those are the keys to magic. We've given you the deck um, advice, but it really comes down to the sugar and the caffeine. Yep. Next to game. Just stay up. Absolutely. Yep. And, yep. and just power. But, Without it, you'll just be sleeping. But since we got to get back to gaming, I think we're all tapped out. 